beautiful. We cannot have a conversation around feminism and emancipation of African women without addressing sex, sexuality, and pleasure. Tumelo Moreri, a medicine woman from Botswana, says that sexual pleasure is your birthright. You are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Chulu. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. Full disclosure, this is not a conversation I am comfortable having. (laughs) I know it is necessary, so I will take one for the team. Let's face it, sex, sexuality, and pleasure are a natural biological function of our bodies, So why is it that overwhelmingly women feel a a deep sense of shame and guilt about it? We have been taught from a very young age to equate sex with a negative consequence. We have been told that sex stains your purity. These types of thoughts are literally programmed into our minds for years. But when it does become socially acceptable to have sex, a woman is supposed to automatically switch off the programming she has had about sex and become, as guys would put it, a freak in the bed. Really? The more philosophical question on the table is what happens when you deny a natural part of yourself? Are you able to fully manifest who you are meant to be if you suppress your sexual expression? Tumelo Moreri and I met on Instagram. And when I looked at her work, I was blown away. I literally think she is saving lives. So I could not resist the chance to invite her to the Africana Woman Mic. The conversation you will listen to is actually part of a a live recording with a a live audience. And yeah, so you might hear some references to that. Please enjoy my conversation with Tumelo. So today, as you know, we are talking about sex, sexuality, and pleasure. And I have the pleasure of welcoming Tumelo Moreri to help us talk through this conversation. And um, I must put a disclaimer out there. (laughs) that Even though I am hosting this conversation, I am not necessarily so comfortable with the conversation myself, but I do feel that it's something that is very important, very um, uh, significant in our lives. (laughs) I mean, if you're a child and someone starts pulling on you, that's like something that, you know, is a conversation that we all need to, to have. So it's, uh, I will definitely say this is out of my comfort zone and, but I'm still very excited. So Tumela, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I am going to read your, um, bio, for everybody, just so that they can know who Tumelo is, a little bit more about her. So Tumelo is from Botswana, and she is a medicine woman and coach for women and men leaders of African descent, seeking to heal their limiting beliefs around sex, sexuality, and pleasure, and surrender to an exquisite and liberated sexuality and create lives of ease, flow, and joy. That's that's a lot. That's good. <laughs> so she is the host of the Tumelo Moreri podcast show, and we'll put up the links definitely. And basically, on the on the show, she talks about sex, sexuality, and pleasure. And she's also the owner of Tumelo Moreri International, where she curates and offers coaching programs for the inner healing and transformation of these purpose-driven individuals. She is a 2018 fellow of the Zanele Mbeki Fellow 
Fellowship, whose mandate is to cultivate African feminist leadership, a 2017 Global Shaper of the Global Shapers Community, which is an initiative of the World Economic Forum, and a 2014 alumnus of the Mandela Road Scholarship Program, whose mandate is to build exceptional leadership in Africa. Tumela holds a degree in actuarial science with distinction and mathematical statistics from the University of Free State in South Africa. So we have a very eclectic woman right here and a smart cookie. And I'm very um, excited that she is going to take us through this. So Tumelo, please tell us how you got from actual mathematics <laughs> to sex, sexuality and pleasure. Wow. <laughs> Wow, Julie, thank you so much for having me here. It's such a joy and yeah, an honor to be here with you and to also be in, in conversation with these beautiful women who are joining us. Um, yeah, how did I get from actuarial science to this? <laughs> this is actually my calling and purpose as a human being on planet Earth in this lifetime. The work on sex, sexuality, and pleasure is yeah, a huge part of why I'm here. And work that evolved and showed itself to me, the more I dug deep and explored my own purpose. So the journey began with me. I, th I, I was still in the second year of my actuarial science degree. And in that year, 2011, I remember just thinking to myself that I wanted a life of meaning, a life of purpose, and doing work that fulfilled me. That was, yeah, nine years ago. And over the past um, nine years, I've just journeyed seeking meaning and, and purpose and eventually landed on, on this body of work. And the lending also was gradual, like um, my own exploration of sex, sexuality and pleasure began, began five years ago in 2015 during, yeah, I think that year was like my dark night of the soul when I had my first episode of depression and was asking a lot of questions about who I am, what my place in the world is. And yeah, I remember just one night asking Google, so what's the spiritual significance of sex, right? And that then began a whole journey of exploring sex just beyond the physical experience that a lot of us are taught it is. So yeah, in, in a nutshell, that's how that's how it evolved. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, when I put this out, uh, <laughs> I got mixed reactions because some people were nervous about just saying the word sex in public. And I think a lot of people were tickled also when the passcode was um, sex as well. So what is it about that word uh, for African cultures? Just tell us a little bit about that. Mm. Um, so it, it is a thing about that word and about that act for, for African cultures and across the globe, you know? So in, in our world, in our planet as human beings, like we have in so many ways gotten into like very silent agreements about us not speaking openly about sex. Like even just the word S-E-X, like it is such taboo for just for us to be articulating this word. Um, one other word that I love so much is vagina that we rarely ever say. Um, I've gotten messages from some people saying that vagina is a, is a vulgar word. And what's so interesting is that like these words, are, they're on our textbooks, right? They are worldly accepted medical terms. And beyond that, like they're not just medical terms, like sex is such a beautiful thing. Most of us actually yeah, I would say majority of the world's population is here because two people somewhere desired each other so deeply and they wanted to be in each other and then a human being was conceived, right? So it's this thing that we have agreed, con 
agreed, silently agreed that it is not to be freely spoken about. It is not to be freely enjoyed, right? And so we find that the world over, and especially in our African communities, there is a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, and a lot of guilt. Like in our religious communities, there is a lot of guilt around just enjoying this beautiful thing and enjoying our bodies, right? So you, the ladies in the, in, in, the, in the room, you might have come across um, teachings that say that pleasures of the body uh, are not to be indulged in, right? That if you're indulging in such pleasures and such exquisite mouth-watering pleasures, then it's it's a sin, right? So, like, if you just look at our socialization and our human conditioning, it is one that teaches majority of human beings to be ashamed of sex, the word, to articulate it, to be ashamed of sex, the, the act, to be embarrassed about it, to be embarrassed about their bodies and to feel guilty for, for enjoying this thing that we've been told is bad or evil. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you talk about how um, we've been socialized to to be, you know, to have shame and embarrassment and feel guilty about it. But then um, can you walk us through what the kind of <laughs> the, the, the life um, experience of somebody and that term or um, act of sexes? Because in my mind, you know, um, I'll give an example, like in Zambia, uh, we have uh, this uh, a practice called pulling, which is um, pulling of the, the clitoris, right? And as I understand it, it happens when, well, I think maybe a lot more in the past, but you know, when you were much younger and you know, the pulling would start of your clitoris. So you're already introduced at a certain age. And then, you know, you get to another age where they say, okay, um, uh, you know, yeah, going to get married or whatever it is. And, you know, there's education around um, having sex and all of that. But, you know, just take us through this journey, this sex journey that um, a lot of African people do experience. Yeah, it's... It's so painful for me. <laughs> Ooh, like it is, like it's such a heartbreaking one for me. Mm -hmm. um, the, yeah, the experiences that many human beings have um, and especially Africans around, around sex, right? So somebody in the comments was saying now that this is not a conversation that happens in the home, right? So as thing is like, as, as human beings, from a very young age, we are aware of our sexuality. Like we are aware of ourselves as sexual beings, right? So some of us might have touched ourselves um, while we were still young and felt the pleasure that comes from touching ourselves. Like we would have just been aware of it somehow, right? That, yeah, like we are sexual beings. But what then happens in the home, maybe when an adult sees you touching, touching your woman parts, they would um, scold you, tell you that you're not supposed to touch yourself there, right? And also while growing up, you might have witnessed the adults around you, like your primary caretakers or your parents being seeming deeply embarrassed and uncomfortable about their bodies, just hiding their bodies. Sex is something that is hidden. In, in our African society communities, intimacy is something that is hidden. It's rare for, for us to see our parents being intimate, just hugging one another, just kissing each other and expressing love for each other. You know, those are things that are hidden. Um, a lot of us as young as Africans, like we would have um, accidentally um, found out about sex, you know, maybe you were sleeping in the same room with mom and dad, and then in the middle of the night, you see dad on top of mom or something, you know, but even, even when you witness that, you know, that this is not something I am, this is not something I can ask about, you know, 
because already there has been some sort of like very implicit and subtle teaching socialization that sex intimacy is not something that we talk about my child, you know, hush, hush. Yeah. Um, and oof. <laughs> gosh, just at, at, at the minimum, the conversation about sex is not one that takes place in our African homes. Intimacy is not something, and that's why a lot of us struggle with intimacy, you know, like it has never been demonstrated to us. And maybe it is, if it has been demonstrated, it is in very few cases that it's a healthy intimacy, you know, where you see both mom and dad giving and receiving in a very healthy manner. So, yeah, and um, especially for women, like women, like when you get your first menstrual period, for example, the teaching for a lot of girls is that, so now that you've gotten your first bleed, if you play with boys, you're going to fall pregnant, right? And so then we learn to associate, um, we learn to associate sex with pregnancy and with shame, right? So if you were, yeah, like the equation is sex is equals to pregnancy and is equals to shame for the family. If mm -hmm. you were to fall pregnant as a woman, in, in a lot of our cultures, we have many names for women who fall pregnant outside of wedlock. Many derogatory words such that as, as a woman in your 20s or in your early 30s, I mean, you're old enough to have babies and you can probably afford to raise those babies. But after, every time after having sex with a delicious man or a delicious human being, you are there scared that you might you might be pregnant, you know, um, and afraid that you're going to bring shame to the family. So it is, yeah, it's quite intense <laughs> and a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you also mentioned this practice that um, you guys have in Zambia, which is like those are it's 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 the politics of pleasure for the human for for the for the woman body so we find that there are a lot of like cultural politics around women's sexuality and the bodies of women and pleasure for women right so when in in some communities when girls are being taught about sex it's usually how to pleasure the man right mm -hmm. and what i'm finding in my work in my work with women is that like women would some women would fake orgasms right and like there are a lot of experiences and would fake orgasms would um, not be able to share with the partner what they want in bed would not be able to communicate when they haven't gotten that climax right and when you look at the root of some of those it's the socialization that sexual pleasure is for the man right in in my satana culture when women get married like in that initiation ceremony after like the initiation ceremony of, of newly married um, women, they're told that like you must cook the pots regularly and you must cook them really, really nice, right? And the implicit message there is that the food is not for you, it's for the man, right? <laughs> Meaning that your sexual pleasure and indulgence is not a thing of priority. And if the man goes and cheats, it's your fault. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite like the work, um, it's so vast, right? And mm. experiences of women are so vast and so multi-layered. Mm. Mm. So I guess uh, I should ask, do you think that if women begin to claim um, that they also want to experience pleasure in sex, um, do you think that is watering down um, African cultures? Um, I think it would be a healing and a bringing to wholeness of our experiences as human beings, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of our African cultures are quite patriarchal. They are founded on patriarchal beliefs and practices, right? And so what I'm finding is that the invitation that we're getting is, 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 is to look at what resonates true about our holistic experience as human beings. There's a lot of good in our cultural 
um, in our cultural practices and beliefs and rituals, a lot of good, right? But there's also a lot that is not working for us collectively as both men and women and non-binary beings, right? And so the invitation, like we don't, like we don't want to divorce our culture. We like, yeah, like it's such a beautiful thing. But the invitation is to look at what is true, what is filling, what is life affirming, you know, and and begin to lean into that. Um, I believe our society is better off with women being sexually liberated, like our society would flourish with women being sexually liberated. And let me share with you now why, right? So -hmm. when you look at it energetically, so we're energetic beings and my work um, on sex, like it's deeply spiritual, right? So um, energetically and and spiritually, like the, for those who might be aware, the, the human has energetic portals, which are called chakras, right? They are, yeah, like the, the energetic portals and each chakra controls or governs a particular human experience, right? So the, like sensuality, matters of sensuality and creativity and your emotions that are governed by the same chakra called the sacral chakra around your womb area, right? So like at the top, like you have your crown chakra, you have your third eye, you have your throat chakra, you have your heart chakra. We could share more information about this, right? But the sacral chakra governs matters of sensuality. It governs matters of creativity. It governs how you engage your emotions, right? And so for for sexually repressed women and, and all human beings, like when when any human being is sitting with, sec- with, with the repressed sexual energy, it tends to block the, the sacral chakra, right? And you can imagine that when your sacral chakra is blocked or underperforming, that affects your creativity. It affects your very genius. It also affects how, whether you're able to clearly communicate your mission um, mm-hmm. to the world and to manifest that mission. I mean, the womb area, like, oh my God, like sexual liberation is this connected to to your womb area and to your ability to birth ideas, to birth human beings, to birth projects, to birth a new world. So even now with COVID, I mean, we're being invited to birth a new world, right? And so we are needing to be connected to our creativity we're needing to be connected to our genius to build dreams. So when we are sexually repressed, we're actually disconnected from that to our very essence, to create lives, to create our very lives and to transform the world. So Mm. our African cultures actually want, (laughs) they want for women to be sexually, um, to be sexually liberated. Imagine like as a man having a sexually liberated woman, then both of you get to thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy each other. And sexual energy also has the power like just to propel you, to enhance your life, to help you build like um, magnificent life and magnificent life experiences. So we're finding Mm -hmm. that when women are sexually repressed, men actually don't get to fully explore it as well. Like it's not like they're actually benefiting. When we go to the core, they're not really benefiting from women being um, sexually repressed. Mm. Let me put a comment. So, okay. Now, I, I would want to um, find out from you because, you know, we come from societies that are, yes, there's the African cultural aspects, but then there's also um, that religious aspect of Christianity, of um, um, Islam, um, you know, I'd, I'd think more so like Buddhism, um, you know, and other religions are, are less popular. Yes, they do exist and Hinduism do exist in, in Africa. But the, the two prominent ones being Christianity and and um, Islam, 
then have found a way to sort of coexist with our African culture. Now, when you talk about things like chakra, people already are like shutting down, like, oh my God, you're bringing this um, foreign concept into our um, our belief system. So what would you say um, about that? Is it going against someone's religion? Because, you know, I know a lot of people are... Um, you know, they're devout in, in, in their beliefs in whether it's Christianity or whether it's um, Islam. So how do you uh, bring those together? Mm, okay. So I would say that the term, it, the term chakra itself would be that which might be foreign to us, right? Um, but our African elders, like these are things that our African elders were aware of in ancient African communities, right? Like even when you go into the churches that um, have fused um, like the, the religions of Christianity or Islam with our core African practices and beliefs, you will actually find that they are aware of our being energetic and spiritual beings, right? It's just that they might have different terms for it or they might have like different, um, different, a different conceptualization of it, right? Like I'm actually thinking of specific churches here um, in Botswana. I don't know if you guys have ZCC in like the Zion Christian Church, right? Um, they are actually aware of, of chakras. Like um, some of the ways in which they dance um, is... In, in ways of, of activating the chakras, right? Um, mm. So like the, the energy, like energy is such a universal thing, even in science, like for those who might've like done science in school, you were taught that everything is energy. It can't be destroyed. It can only like be transformed from one form to another, right? Everything is matter. So we are matter and we are energy, right? And... Mm. Yeah, it's just that like some like some of the some of the teachings we might have acquired, like for me, I had to I had to like study Eastern um Eastern traditions to be aware of them. And then the deeper the deeper I went, the more I realized that it actually already existed in my own community and in my own culture, you know? Mm. So yeah, like that journey has also been interesting to see that. Um, and nothing is by coincidence. I mean, I, I don't think it's by accident that I had to go study a little, study the Eastern tradition a bit and then come back home and be like, whoa, it was actually always here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like these things, they are alive. They do, they are alive in our African communities. It's just that I think with like the era of coloni colonialism, right? Yeah. We, we lost a lot of these, this knowledge, we lost a lot of these like very potent traditions. In, mm. uh, in ancient African communities, our elders were so in tune, like they were aware of the existence of spirit. And like spirit was part of our daily way of being. Like, oh my God, during plowing season, there would be like some, some ritual that was done. During the harvest season, there would be and like, it didn't have to be a hectic ritual, you know, it was just um, a recognition that there is something grander and bigger, bigger than us, you know, regardless of the phrases, the wording that we mm. use for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, it always, we always come back in most of my conversations, we always come back to this, what was it like? Um, pre-colonial times, you know, and for us who are living in this time, how do we find the resources, you know, where, are there any, is there any literature that we can read that may talk about, you know, the African sexuality pre-colonial times, or, you know, how, where do we go to find that type of information? Is it totally lost? You know, help us. Mm. Oh, Chulu. I'm really, may I say that I'm really enjoying being in conversation with you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just enjoying how it's flowing and how you're you're leading it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so I I have 
so they they there is there seems to be little literature um around around sexuality african sexuality specifically and pre-colonialism and all of that um so one i would say it is not lost right and i'll share two two reasons why i say that <laughs> but i have a book here that might interest you guys it is it is a book by Sobon Fusome. Um, Sobon Fusome is of the Dagara community of Burkina Faso. And mm-hmm. the book, let me just put it here. I hope you guys can the see. The Spirit of Intimacy. The Spirit of Intimacy, Ancient African Teachings in the Ways of Relationships. Guys, mm-hmm. our ancestors knew beautiful things. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> So if you're really interested in in exploring your sexuality, I mean, I'm here. One, I am here. I'm doing this work on sex, sexuality, and pleasure, and specifically for African women, right? Um, Many of my clients are men. So I also like do one-on-one coaching work if like you want to go deep, right? So some of my clients are men, but like like I I have a podcast, I have a blog, um, you can also join my 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 emailing list, you know, where mm-hmm. I just weekly share and teach on these things, right? Two, there is this book. Um, and so this book is specifically on intimacy, right? And there's a chapter on sexuality, and there's also where they share how in our African culture, like a man and a woman would come together in a sacred circle, you know and how that sexuality and that sex was a very intentional thing, you know? It's so beautiful. Um, So this is the only book that I know that um, only deals with sexuality and intimacy. And Mm -hmm. the other books that I have, you know, like they they have only only a chapter, not an entire book. So this book, yeah, The Awakened Woman is by Dr. Tererai Trent. She is from Zimbabwe, um, and she has a chapter in here about harnessing your sensuality, right? Oh, it's so delicious. The other book, um, yeah, and, and there are a few other books. So on, on my website, I also have like, like a, an online library of resources. There's a, a document I put together with some of these books. I think we could share with the, with the ladies in here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah so that I yeah like how to access my online library the author of this book is Sobon Fusome um, yeah I'm just trying to type it for people so that they catch it Tara yes. Trent is the awakened woman right yes the awakened woman mm. I think maybe we could also like um, send like a maybe a follow up email after mm-hmm. this yep. conversation, yeah, like with with like with all the resources that um that that people could check out, right? Um okay. and there is there's a lady in South Africa, her name is Matilo Matilo Mutzei. She also has a book and like she just speaks very briefly about sexuality. Mm-hmm. So what I'm finding is that. Um, there are very few books that only focus on sex, sexuality, yeah. and you know, like you'd find a random chapter here and there, but like um, that shouldn't keep us from exploring it. You know, like just the chapter from the awakened woman awakened a lot for me. You know, so please yeah. check it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so okay. Thank you for those resources. I think what I also want to ask you about is, you know. <laughs> I think in in most cultures, I guess, sexuality uh, or, you know, when you are allowed to have sex is when you get married, right? Um, however, you find that 
in our current times, a lot of women are getting married at a later stage. I think probably, you know, a really long time ago, it was maybe in your teens, like 16 to 19. And then it shifted to, you know, a lot of people getting married in their 20s. But now we're seeing the shift of a lot of people getting married in their 30s, you know. And then there's all this time. So for basically your edu- your sex education is at the time of marriage, you see. So now you find that you've got 30 years where you haven't learned about sex, <laughs> but people are still going into it. So what would your advice be to a, uh, a woman or I guess more, one, I guess for parents, when uh, should they be talking to their children about sex? Uh, you know, what's the appropriate age? Um, you know, if you're in your 20s right now and you're on the call, or if you're in your 30s and, you know, you haven't really had that education, you just said, okay, let me just jump into this thing and let me see how it goes. What would your advice be to that person? Mm. Okay, so I'll start with somebody who might be here in their 20s, 30s and hasn't had any education, Right. So like if if it's something that if this is something that you're you're drawn to that you'd like to explore, um, like I would highly encourage that you do that exploration. Um, again, I'll say I'm here. Like I I haven't come across um, many platforms on the African continent where somebody is teaching and facilitating conversation on this. Right. So yeah, my I have a Facebook community that might be your first stop. Right. Um, second, um, we need to know that our sexuality and our being sexual beings is something very, very natural, right? So I think that's like our sexual urges, they're very, very natural. There is nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with having sexual desires, with having sexual urges. And I usually say just as we are intentional and we make plans about our finances. We also need to be intentional and make plans, growth plans for our sexuality and pleasure. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> because our, our sexuality is one of the areas that bring us intense, immense joy. Like an orgasm, my sisters, yo, it's something so beautiful. And yeah, that's something we really need to be intentional about. Like it's so delicious for its own sake. And we deserve pleasure. May I say that? We are deserving of pleasure. Pleasure is our birthright. It was not created for nothing. So your sexual edges are very natural. Your desire for pleasure, your, your, your desire for sexual intimacy is very, very, very natural. And it is okay to open a website page, to open a book and look this up, right? Um, and in terms of what the appropriate age is for talking to, to children about, about sex. So the beautiful thing about us as human beings, like as in our growth journey, we, 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 we navigate like as we're navigating through, we're constantly giving cues about what we're ready for, right? Mm. So as as a parent, and you might have experienced this as well, as a parent, like your child will will let you know when they are ready for for a conversation on sex. Like they will ask something. Like that's them telling you that, mommy, I'm ready for my my first conversation, right? And um, sadly, what happens is that. Because we ourselves, the adults, because we're very uncomfortable with this thing. When the child, like it, it could be a child who's like six years old, right? Like mm-hmm. they show you that they want to have their first conversation. What usually happens for a lot of us is that then we just like we shut down, shut we down. close down, we close mm-hmm. any opportunity, like we close any possibility for that conversation to happen, right? So and to facilitate that, to heal that experience, the, the first person you need to work on is yourself, right? So you need to work on yourself and 
like just exercise your comfort muscles around talking about sex, right? The the first yeah conversation. But who do you talk to? <laughs> you're saying exercise those muscles, like you're talking in the mirror, you're talking with your girlfriends. Who are you talking to? Because I feel like maybe some people have never even talked about this with their girlfriends. I haven't, so just putting uh, out there. <laughs> sure, you know, you know, like as as the women were coming into this Zoom call, I was like, I wish we had a whole day for this. Um, like for me to just facilitate workshop and get us just talking, just go one one by one, you know, have somebody say the word S-E-X, you know? So I think maybe the first thing is to like immerse yourself in, in communities where you can talk about sex, right? So I highly, highly recommend um, my Facebook group for women. It's a private Facebook only for women where we have conversation about sex, about pleasure, about intimacy, right? <laughs> and we also have conversation about how to create the deep intimacy that you desire for your life. Um, yeah, my, my role as, as a coach and as a medicine woman is to facilitate conversation and to facilitate healing for women who want to deeply explore their sexuality and to reclaim that very erotic and birthright sexuality, right? So yeah, just like immerse yourself in communities that are non-judging, you know, where you can just have conversation about this. Guys, I'm here, okay? I'm here, like, yeah, use me, like, let me be the place where um, you come to, to exercise your comfort muscles around talking about sex. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So that was the first thing you work on yourself and then, yes. um, so yeah, exercising those muscles to, um, talk about sex so that you're then able to talk about it with your child. What's the next step? Mm -hmm. Um, you mean in, in, in navigating this journey with our children? Yes. With our children. Yes. Yeah. So, so you find that when, when you've grown just a little bit more comfortable to talk about sex, then you're able to have these conversations with your children, right? And like your comfort level also informs your ability or your capacity to, to, to talk to them at, at their level, right? Mm. So when you've done the work, when it's healing work, actually, when you've done the inner healing work of... Yeah, it's of healing the shame and the embarrassment around sex. Like you're able to better comfortably find the language that your children would understand, right? Like when they're six, you don't necessarily have to be telling them about sex positions. No, like you just create safe space for them to begin exploring their own sexuality, right? And somebody might say, whoa, are you encouraging children to have sex? That's not what we're saying, right? We're actually on this call because a lot of us at a young age, we were like, like we, 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 what we were shown was that sex is a bad thing. And that's why a lot of us are struggling, right? A lot of women, mm -hmm. when they're young, you're told, close your legs, don't let boys see, see your, like your inner thighs. And then it's, but it's, it's, it's not a surprise that in our adult years, when you want to go at it with your person, you struggle to open your legs. Because there's that wounding, there's that message at the back of your psyche that said, close your legs. A dignified woman should close her legs. If you want to get married, you must be dignified, you know? And then you get into your marriage and you are not like very, ex you are not willing to explore, you know? So like the, the inner healing work is just like healing the socialization, healing the conditioning so that you may be able to find liberty, like explore it with liberty, with exuberance, with excitement, with joy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So ladies, you heard. One, if you are in this age, it's okay to explore and find out more information and then also find a safe space where you can do so, um, whether it is in a Facebook group like Tumeloza with your girlfriends, you know, where there's no judgment, but find that safe space so that you start to exercise your muscles. And just like the way you learn mathematics, first you learn about addition and then it adds on, you learn about multiplication mm. and then you learn about division. So when 
when you're having conversations with your children, you're building up on that knowledge. Not that we go from zero to you know, explicit when they are, mm. you know, in their twenties, their thirties. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what's um, also strange for me, Chulu? Um, mm-hmm. What's also strange for me is this expectation within our society for people to know how to do it. Like there's so much shame when you don't know how to do it. Right. Mm. And yet also there's shame when you want to explore how to do it. Like it's so weird. Right. Um, yeah. So like your body knows, like um, even if you, you are in your 30s and you haven't had sex, like you you don't have to worry about like figuring it all out. Yeah, like it does help to learn because we have a lot of like conditioning that um, disconnects us from our, our sexuality. But when you're coming from a healed place, a place of wholeness, your body knows, girl, like it knows how to do the things. It knows how to mm. ride if you want to ride. It knows how to do all the things. And mm. so, um, yeah, like let's not obsess about like having it all figured out. I'm for healing so that you may return to your natural rhythm, so that you may return to your natural instincts of knowing what you want, what you desire, and and how to dance, you know? Mm. Mm. Okay, so let's explore this topic of orgasms. Um, I I think it's quite. Uh, I don't want. Okay, I don't want to say popular, but anyway, I think at some stage in some in, in people that are sexually active, they have a, you know faked an orgasm, or maybe they have never even experienced an orgasm. So just tell us a little bit more about what is the block in, uh, you know, why a woman would not have experienced an orgasm um, and, you know, how does one liberate themselves, which is mm. basically the whole conversation. But anyway, but let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. It's another thing that 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 breaks my heart, um, primarily because of the socialization, the conditioning, right? I think at the initial, I want to say, so the like the 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 culture around around sex and this is global as well is one that is like like or like that is orgasm seeking it's mm. like the, the 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 sexual engagement you wanted to say something yeah i've just seen a question there's um it's like please explain what an orgasm is like starting from the definition of what an orgasm is before we go further into it mm. <laughs> um so an an orgasm would be like the the other word for it is its climax um like the peak the peak of 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 your sexual of your sexual encounter um mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but it is extreme pleasure <laughs> somebody's saying extreme pleasure <laughs> So it's 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 the peak when yeah when you arrive at that peak and it is more than like a in my own state is more than just the physical experience. Um it's a very, very powerful experience that can actually also be leveraged to create the life of your desires. Um yeah, from what I've studied and what I practice, like when you are at that climax, you are literally one with all of life. You're one with God. <laughs> like you, you could you could manifest beautiful things just by tapping into 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 that energy. Um, somebody's saying it's a it's a release. So um, the, there is some some release that that happens. Like um, men would ejaculate some women would squirt right but when when mm-hmm. like yeah when we just look 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 deep deeply into it yeah like it's it's that peak when you reach the peak of of that sexual experience um yes so you're asking about orgasms right <laughs> and yeah. i was saying how um like our our the predominant culture around sex, it's one that is like almost like goal oriented, like that is only like that is orgasm focused, right? And mm. 
so orgasms are such beautiful things and yes to having orgasms right but i think what what we also miss in in the orgasm seeking nature of sex is that we we like we 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 tend to miss out on the pleasure right so w- when we speak of pleasure pleasure is more than just the orgasm the pleasure it's more than just the like reaching the summit of of the mountain mm. um, the pleasure is also when it's you're building up, right um when you're building up to that orgasm even after right i think somebody um in the comments said that when we speak about sex we also um want to speak about love right so some people might want to bring in the conversation of intimacy as well right that the pleasure like the, you you might want to enjoy this intimacy with your partner even before penetration actually a lot of women love foreplay right um i think some of the reasons why we might want to have like lubricants is that and we I've, i've had like a conversation with a man on my podcast about how a lot of men skip that foreplay they're not aware of it right but like the foreplay is what actually has the potential to turn a woman on like to have her secreting these um juices within her, her woman parts that will lubricate um her vagina you know and and make sense sex a very pleasurable thing um so my work around pleasure also like includes that like just a conversation mm-hmm. and work around us getting to to realize that the sexual pleasure is is more than just the penetration and it's more than just the climax right okay. like there's so yeah. much to enjoy right mm-hmm. um so yeah my encouragement is definitely have your orgasm it's such a beautiful thing but also like expand your experience of the pleasure to know that it's mm. more than just the mm. orgasm right mm. and i think you're asking why some women struggle with with orgasms right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um predominantly the like the 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 conditioning um okay. the socialization that sometimes creates those inner blocks so some women might experience numbness right um or like just blocks that phys- blocks that are experienced physically right like you might just find that like your vagina is is not sensitive enough um there's numbness um there is resistance to opening up to the pleasure right and sometimes what also happens is what what i also explore with women is the beliefs that they hold around their bodies right mm. so you might find that somebody might be experiencing a lot of shame um about their body um and therefore not being able to just like be comfortable and fully surrender because orgasms like they invite us to surrender to the pleasure right mm. but if we still have hang ups around our bodies so what usually happens is that some of what might happen is that like during sex you you might be stuck in your head like like just thinking a lot of things oh my god am i good enough am i beautiful enough oh my god will i have the orgasm the pleasure is in the body like the body is the portal of the pleasure so part of mm-hmm. the work we do is just of getting you out of your head and into your body right so looking mm-hmm. at the beliefs that you hold around your body um mm-hmm. healing that shame that you might hold around your body healing that shame that you might hold around your vagina there is this belief that vaginas are ugly vaginas are to be hidden vaginas are dirty um and so even though mm. even as a man is penetrating you you are worried about your vagina is it smelling right that can keep you from fully surrendering to this experience mm. of pleasure so like it's mm. it's it's quite multilayered it's it's very nuanced for for a lot of women um some yeah like we mentioned earlier there are also beliefs around pleasure for women you know many of our cultures teach young girls and women that the pleasure is for the man right mm. and so you walk into a sexual interaction or engagement already wanting to please the other person and so yeah i was having a conversation with this gentleman um um 
yeah, on my podcast, he was, so we're having this conversation about um, the socialization that teaches that women are not worthy of sexual pleasure and what does what that does for men. You know, like you might find that women, like there's also this belief that like it's hard to make a woman come, right? So some men might actually not even try because mm. they already believe, mm. oh, it's already hard. I can't make it come. So let me not even just, right? <laughs> so like it's, it's all this socialization and conditioning that, yeah. that keeps us from fully enjoying our sexuality. Mm. I have two more questions for you. Um, and if we can get to them real quick. So the first question is, you know, it takes two to tangle. And there's a lot of education for the woman, but then what happens to the man? You see what I mean? You know, especially if, you know, people right now, they, I can see there's like married women or women that are in, um, you know, serious relationships. Um, and then they are here, they're getting educated, but then, you know, what can they do to encourage their partner to also get some form of um, help healing because you know and uh, you know or, or find resources how how um can a woman also talk to a man about this because i you know i i imagine anyway um that you may be in um a relationship and you may be you know actually um sexually active but then you're, you're not able to communicate about it to your partner you know you're just doing it so yeah anyway yeah, that's my second last um, question okay yeah okay sh shall i go at it now yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so just at the tail end when you're saying like you're just doing it um i was thinking about how some like what happens for some couples is that they do it and then pretend that it didn't happen like that's that's how it, it actually gets like that's how hmm it's sad actually like mm. yeah they would have sex in the bedroom they get to the kitchen they pretend we, we were just not inside each other um and so what what i have found with this so it's a struggle to talk to your partner about sex, right? Um, quite similar to what I shared about, like how to navigate the journey with children. It's quite similar to our intimate relationships as well. So you might find that as a woman or men in this call, you might struggle to talk to your partner about, about your sex and your sex life, probably because you yourself are experiencing a lot of shame and embarrassment around it, right? Mm. So the, 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 the first place or our point of departure is yourself, right? And I've seen this with myself in my, in my own journey in, in healing my own sexuality and deeply exploring it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, which um, began five years ago. Um, yeah, the, the more I did the work, the more I was able to communicate with my partners the more I was able to call a whole conference and say, comrade, I did not come get my orgasm, right? So the more you do the work, the more liberated you become, the more knowing you are that you deserve sexual pleasure as a woman. And mm -hmm. the more you're able to, to talk about it with your partner, um, like what we find that like the struggle to talk about it is like hugely in part because you yourself are deeply uncomfortable about it, right? So we, we want to work on that discomfort. And when you work on that discomfort, I mean, it is going to unleash other beautiful things. Then you're able to begin to comfortably talk about it, right? And if your partner is somebody who's willing to learn and to grow together, then they might join you in, in, in that dance, right? And what I also noticed in my own journey is that the more I did this work of sexually liberating myself, um, like thing is it, 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 like it tunes your frequency, it tunes your, like your internal vibe, right? Like as we're working on these beliefs, like we're, we're literally shifting your makeup, like your inner mm. makeup as a human being, right? And 
as you do the work, it shifts your inner makeup and you begin to shift what you attract into your life. Like you find mm. that the, you begin to also shift the type of um, men or, or partners into your life, right? Um, wow. We're creators of our own realities, right? And how our lives look um, is predominantly informed by the core beliefs that we hold around what life is supposed to look like, around what we are deserving of, right? Yeah. So if you want to, if you're in your life right now and you're unsatisfied with what you have created or what you're attracting, we want to go to the core of you, right? Because mm-hmm. right now, if you're, if, if you're, you're, you're dating a man who is not fully available for you, we want to look at your beliefs around intimacy. We want mm-hmm. to look at what you acquired in your socialization and conditioning about what you are deserving as a woman who looks like you, right? So when we want to, and this is the intimacy work I do um, with my clients, when we want to shift the quality that you attract into your life, we go into like your core beliefs, right? So, mm, Gosh, I hope I've answered that. That is, I love that. No, I love that because that's also the work that I do with women. I, we go into the, you know, what are your core beliefs? Because your beliefs are what will inform your actions. So if you don't know what your beliefs are, then, you know, you're just, you're, you're basically being controlled by a silent puppet and you don't even realize it. So I love what you just said, everything about what you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my final question is, what would you um, tell people about like what what is your um, what would you tell people about sex? What would you want them to to know and think about sex? Because I think there's also a lot of unlearning to do. So if there was that one thing that they had to learn about the term, the word, the experience, sex, what would it be? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just one thing. <laughs> okay, no, not one thing. If if you've got a couple of things, because I know there's a lot. Yeah. This is your work. <laughs> there is a lot, actually. Um, one, like it's a beautiful experience and manifestation of who you are as a human being. It's a beautiful manifestation and experience of who you are. Um, sex, S-E-X, could also be seen as an acronym of synergistic energetic exchange. Okay. It's an exchange of energy, right? And yeah, this is why sometimes we, we want to look out for the people we sleep with because we exchange energy with them, mm-hmm. right? It's that deep, guys, and delicious. Mm. Yeah. So I think in, in like Christian terms, they'll call it soul ties because, you know, you're having um, that um, energetic exchange um, with somebody else. And, you know, yes. you don't want mm-hmm. to be tied to the wrong person. Um, and I want to say. So. Part of what I'd love for us to do is to to heal the fear because mm. um, I really call it soul ties because mm. I'm aware of, of the fear um, within that phrase, like, like you're tied forever. Um, you can actually untie, you know, like there's nothing mm. you, could, you could do wrong, literally. Um, yeah, like, like, there's nothing permanent, right? So we want to act responsibly, but I, I want you, I want us to release the fear as well that you could mm. do something so tragically wrong and, and 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 ruin your relationship with God. No, like God loves us unconditionally. That means that forgiveness is never ending, right? You want to act responsibly, but there's nothing, there's nothing tragically wrong that you could ever do nothing and nothing that you could, you could never heal, you know? Mm. Mm. No, I agree. Uh Some of you thought we would be talking about sexual positions. (laughs) 
I'm just teasing. Every time I listen to this episode, I hear how I have personally been socialized to approach sexuality, which is why I know how difficult it can be to break out of the matrix and truly embrace your sexuality. I know of women who get married and literally flinch when their husband tries to initiate sex. Women who are not able to vocalize their needs and boundaries during sex. I don't even have time to get into what consent actually means. Okay, let me give you an example. If you wake up to find your partner conducting a sexual act on your body, sweetie, that's rape. You could not have given consent in your sleep. So him inserting himself inside you, even though you are married or he's your bae, does not make it okay. I'll just leave it there. We need another episode to unpack this. Today, I want you to remember that sex, sexuality, and pleasure is natural, and it is your birthright. Normalize having conversations about it. Emancipate your sexuality and embrace your womanhood in its entirety. Please find Tumelo on social media at Tumelo Moreri. She is out here saving lives. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. And thank you, dear listener, for making us part of your day. And by just by listening in, I think it's so amazing. I truly, truly appreciate you. If you liked this episode, please do share it with a friend. And you can find me on Instagram at Chulu by Design. Do say hello. I always respond. Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots grow your purpose. This has been a production of Ulando Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulandocreative.com.